It is, uh, it is such a privilege to be in the presence of God together. And it's, uh, it's such a privilege to watch these children being dedicated to God, these families that have been changed by the love and the power of God. Um, we're, we're running long, and I have a message, but I'm telling the story anyway. So, <laughs> um, Jane and I uh, were out at a pastor's conference in Phoenix this week, uh, about 1,500 vineyard pastors from across the country. And uh, we were um, we're ending one session and we saw the children's pastor from the vineyard in Evanston, Illinois, that was uh, present dedicating our children um, 20 years ago. And um, we went up to her her name's Eloise and we said, Eloise, um, do you remember the words, the prophetic words that you gave to our children 20 years ago? And she remembered them. And we just said, Eloise, we want you to know that those words declared from God's heart over our children when they couldn't even receive them yet physically, they sunk into them spiritually. And our kids are living out the declaration of God right now. Of course, she melted in a pile of tears. (laughs) it's, It's not just a ceremony for taking pictures. That's fine that we do that. But what we're doing is we're declaring the blessing of God on children. We're saying that they're welcome among us. We're saying that they're, they're not just miniature adults. They're people of God. And we're really imparting the blessing of God on them. So this is a privilege. It's why we take time every couple of months to do it. Because these children are going to grow up into the people that God's called them and declared them to be. Um, so that's why we want to pray for them again after the service. Maybe God's given you a word that 20 years later will come to fruition and, that, and, and sometimes children need to be reminded who they are, don't they? We get to remind our children who they are as seen by God. Not a broken parent, but as the perfect Heavenly Father. So that's why we do it, and it makes me cry. <clears throat> All right. Psalm, uh, Proverbs 16.9, one of my favorite verses, mainly because it gets me out of uncomfortable situations. <laughs> Proverbs 16.9 says this, The mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Here's how that translates for Randy. The mind of Randy had a pretty good sermon prepared for this morning. But yesterday on the plane, the Lord redirected his steps. So I urge you to come back next week. There is a great message on the renewal of the mind in our series Revolution, uh, the the path to true, deep, lasting change. I mean, I I promise it's going to be good. But God has something else for us today. We, uh, today's Mother's Day, and we celebrate, you know, the, the reality of where we've come from. We honor those who raised us. And let's be honest, for some of us, that's a beautiful, glorious, tears of joy type of a moment. And as Molly indicated, for some of us, that's painful. That's just hard. So I just want to declare over you mothers this morning that you've been given a gift by God. You nurture your children You teach your children how to receive love and how to give love. You teach your children how to return back to joy from negative experiences that certainly will come in a broken world. And I just want to bless you with that gift today of the presence of God. It's Mother's Day, and we're thinking about where we've come from, some of us. Mother's Day is also a a significant uh, day in the vineyard movement. And so... um, Yesterday on the, on the way home, you know, I really was working on a message and I thought it was a good message. And I've, I, I actually took the time to ask God, well, God, what would you like me to say tomorrow? And the Lord said this really clearly to me just there in the plane. He said, Randy, just tell them who they are. Just tell them who they are. I thought, OK, I can do that. 
Mother's Day is important for the vineyard movement because it was 1977 Mother's Day in uh, in Southern California where a small vineyard church had just been going about three years. A small vineyard church was gathered and the founder of the vineyard, a guy named John Wimber, was there and he um, invited a man to speak to the congregation. Uh, the guy's name was Lonnie Frisbee. Is that a great name for a hippie? <laughs> Lonnie Frisbee. And at the end of the message on Mother's Day 1977 in that rented uh, you know, school space, I don't know how many hundreds of people were there, Lonnie Frisbee finished the message, and at the end of the message he said this. This was his big, long-winded prayer. Holy Spirit, come. He just uttered those three words. Holy Spirit, come. And what happened was the Holy Spirit of God descended upon the people and, and made a holy mess out of them. Uh, chairs started going. People were spontaneously reacting to the presence of God. Some spoke in tongues for the first time. The Holy Spirit came and wrecked their church forever for the glory of God. And what happened was a deposit into the church and not into the, just into the church, but a deposit of the Holy Spirit into the movement of vineyard churches. And that deposit is still growing in the churches around the country and around the world. That deposit and that power of the Holy Spirit is still having impact everywhere. The people of God who follow Jesus and call themselves vineyard everywhere they go. And it's you. It's you. You have the same inheritance of the power of the Holy Spirit. That uh, the vineyard church now uh, numbers about 700 churches in the United States, uh, about another 700 or so uh, internationally. And uh, our region is, our vineyard region, uh, USA, is uh, broken up into eight regions. And every one of those regions has a full-time pastor of a local church who also oversees the ministry of those churches. It's a miracle what God has done through some humble, you know, post-Jesus freak hippies who decided we want everything that God has to give. And, and we're a part of that movement. And so I just felt like it was important as I came back from this conference this week just to remind us who we are. I mean, what's our mission? What are we all about? We are all about that, that group of people who will just humbly come to God and say, whatever you want, you give it, and whatever we have, we'll give away. But this specific vineyard church has a specific mission, and you may or you may not know what it is. Our specific God-given mission as the Vineyard Community Church in Castleton is this. Encountering the love and the power of God and giving it away to the world over and over again, day after day, until Jesus comes back. That's it. That's what we do. That's our singular mission, literally the reason for existence of our church. This is what we do. We encounter God's love and power. That means we take in from God all that he has, the love of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, and then day after day, Week after week, for the rest of our lives, we give it away to the world. Do you know the world's desperate for the love and the power of God? And, and this is not a burden. I mean, if you've been hanging around church for a while, or you've been hanging, you know, the church, any church, hey, our church, you might be getting a little tired and think, man, I'm working hard. This mission thing is, this is a burden. It's not a burden. It's a privilege. We bear the presence of God into the world. I mean, who else in the world can say we work for a king who is eternal. He gives us his love and power and all the authority required. And he sends us into the world and we're unstoppable. Who else? It's us. 
It's our mission. And this mission, our, singular, our, our specific mission, encountering God's love and power and giving it away to the world, it mirrors the Great Commission and the Great Commandment of Jesus. So you remember Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He's about to go on an extended vacation in heaven, but he is coming back. And he says, while I'm gone, this is your task. <clears throat> Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go, tell everyone about my love and power. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Do you see them both there? I'm with you. You always have access to my love and power. You can encounter me every day. I'll never leave. I'm with you. But don't forget the second part of the mandate. Go and make disciples. You see this in the Gospels over and over. It's like the dual command of Jesus everywhere he goes. He's constantly saying to the world who's desperate and needy, come to me, right? Jesus is always saying, come to me. You're weary. You're heavy laden. You're, you're sinful. You're broken. You need healing. I'll give you rest. And to the disciples, to the ones that choose to follow him, who take up their cross and say, I'm with you, Jesus, forever. What does he say to them? Get out of here. <laughs> Come to me and then go. It's the dual command of Jesus over and over in the Gospels. Come to me. I'll give you everything you need. My love, my power. And now, now that you've got it, take it into the world. This is the dual kingdom mandate. And it's our mandate as a church. Secondly, Jesus replied when somebody asked him, what's the most important thing? You know, what's the big deal about this, Jesus? Jesus says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. In other words, access to God. We love him, why? First John 4, because he first loved us. We encounter his love and the power to change us, and we give everything back to him. And Jesus says, that's beautiful. Don't forget the second part. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, don't hoard the love and the power of God. Let it change you. And then be a change agent. Let it fill you. Let it wreck you for holy purposes. And then take it into the world. That doesn't mean you have to go be a missionary in Africa. How about your next door neighbor? How about the clerk at Marsh? How about your teacher or your fellow students? This is God's call on us as a church. Encountering his love and his power and sending it into the world. I mean, our, our tagline, as it were, as a church, seeking God, serving people. It's the same thing. Day after day, we're looking to God to get everything he wants to give us, to worship him as he's to be worshipped, and then what? To serve people with that love and power, to give it away. That's our call as a church. It's not a burden, it's a privilege. And God's empowering us as a church to do it. We've been called to become a transformational community. You know what that is? No, you don't know what that is. <laughs> You're saying, what are you talking about? Here's how I picture our church. When I pray for our church, this is the vision I have. I see this sanctuary as a symbol of our body, and I see two roads in it. You've heard me say this before. I'll say it again and again. I see two roads. There's the road in from the world that's broken into the presence of God. It's in the presence of God where you get transformed. That's where the love touches your past and heals you. That's where the power sets you free and gives you what you need to take the message of Jesus into the world. To love your neighbors? Yes. How about your enemies? Yes. We get transformed in the presence of God. If you walked into a church, ours or any, 
and you felt I'm coming into the presence of God, but you walked away unchanged, you know what I say? You didn't quite make it in. You didn't walk in far enough because you never see in the Gospels Jesus leaving a willing person with a a willing heart the same as when he left him. I mean, as when he met him, you know, you never see the leper come to Jesus and, hey, will you heal me? And Jesus like, oh, man, I don't have time. I know you want it, but maybe come back next week. No, never. Everyone that came to Jesus, they were transformed. They were changed in the presence of God. And then what does he say to him? Now go tell everyone what, you, what the Lord's done for you. Go tell people. That's a part of what we're called to be, a transformational community. We come here together. We're in the presence of God. He touches us. He speaks to us. He encourages us through the scriptures and through one another, by the Holy Spirit. And then he sends us into the world to bring transformation everywhere we go, like holy tornadoes, not wreaking havoc, wreaking redemption. All over the world. You know, God has a place he's called you to be a place of transformation for others. If you if you've been a Christian for three minutes, if you gave your life to Christ when you heard those children, those parents dedicating their children, you know what? The love and the power of God is in you and it can't wait to get out. It's it's our, it's our privilege to take God's love and power everywhere we go. This is for us. This mission and this vision of a transformational community, it's a corporate calling and it's also an individual calling. So we do this. We encounter God's love and power together every time we gather. Every large group, every home group, every ministry team, the, the, the volunteers at community night, the people who pray and intercede, um, those who lead worship. Every time we're together, we're encountering God corporately. He speaks to us as a people. Aren't you glad you don't have to do it alone? I'm glad I don't have to do it alone. Not just our church, but the city-wide church that he's building. So I do my job not just as a pastor in the vineyard, but as a pastor with co-pastors in the body of Christ. Because those co-pastors have invited me in. And you know what we're seeing together? God's doing a big thing. He's doing a big thing in the city. We have a corporate calling when we come into the presence of God. And corporately, we send the love of God out into the world. That's mission trips and ministry teams. And every time we send someone to teach somewhere else, we do that corporately. But it's also individual. That means that your experience with God has to be, gets to be much larger than your experience on Sunday morning, right? It's not just about the big rah-rah here. You get to take the rah-rah home. So it's not just a weekly encounter of God's love and power and a weekly giveaway when Randy does the ministry thing, you know. No, it's a daily encounter and it's a daily giveaway. What would our city look like if every person, every family, every home group, neighborhood, ministry team in this church, every time they gathered, this is the question they asked. How have you encountered God's love and power today? What happened in you today? Not this week, not last month, today. And how have you given it away in the world? Specifically, how did you release the love and the power of God in the world today? What what would happen if we started living like that, out of that mission? Man, holy tornadoes all over the place. And And it wouldn't be about Vineyard Community Church. It would be about the rule and the reign of Jesus in the city. It really would be, we talked about for four months, 
the kingdom of God coming in power. That's what we're called to. Do you know anyone who's desperate for love in the world? Someone come to mind who's desperate for the power of God in their lives? And you think to yourself, but yeah, I don't know the words to say. and I get tongue-tied and I don't know the Bible like Randy. And You know what? You have the love and power of God in you. Every morning you can encounter it. Say, God, give me your love. Show me your power. And then as soon as you get it, what do you do? You go out. Because it's always uh, an encounter and a giveaway. A seeking and a serving. It's an in and a through. And you know what? That message, it's like it's reflected in the world. You know how I know that? I was in Phoenix, and I saw a place called In-N-Out Burger. (laughs) Anyone ever been to In-N-Out Burger? We're talking about some heavenly glory in that place. It's not heaven, but you can definitely see heaven from there. But do you see the theme? See, it's in and it's out. You get the delicious burger in you. And then you go, no, watch that. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. And then you take the message of the burger out into the world. I'm serious. Who has heard someone rave about In-N-Out Burger in your life? Look at this. Why won't we rave about the power and the love of God like we rave about In-N-Out Burger? And you know what? The place is packed. I know. We went there four times in one week. (laughs) Thus the large shirt. But you you get the theme? I'm going to make a bold statement. I mean, I'm serious. A bold statement here. No encounter with the love and the power of God in your life is an end in itself. It's not meant to be just for you. It always comes to you so that eventually it can go through you. It's both and. Now, we have to be careful because every one of us will err in a direction, right? There are those who are more about the encounter of love and power and they want to pile up encounters, you know? I love encounters with God. I had an encounter with God this last week. I had a dream that revealed to me some serious blockages in my life and I think the Lord said if you'll let it this dream will change everything I love encounters but that encounter can't just be for me it has to be in me so then it can go through me that's the way God works I was um so we're at this conference there's about 1500 pastors and it was a beautiful conference I mean just hungry pastors desperate for God broken needy and yet willing to go to God receive from God and give out whatever he gives. There was a specifically powerful um, uh, message in ministry time Wednesday morning. Diane Lehman, one of the pastors at the Champaign-Urbana Vineyard in Illinois. She gave a message about the power for reaching the unreached, the power of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the message, uh, another guy, another pastor, Robbie Dawkins, came up and he said, all right, if you want that, if you want more of God, then I want you to come forward. Okay. It's, it's a group of pastors. Like, who's going to sit there and say, nah, I don't really want God, you know? I mean, maybe in the vineyard you don't do that. So 1,500 people rushed forward. I've never seen it. 1,500 people rushed forward. Jane was at the front of the row. I'm a, what do they call, a, a, a late adopter. <laughs> so I kind of sidled up in the middle. But I was desperate too. So I'm in the middle of this big crowd. And the guy says, okay, that's a lot of you. Mm. So he says, if you're feeling, if you're sensing God's doing something in you right now, 
raise your hand. So every, my eyes are closed. I raised my hand. He said, okay, that's everybody. <laughs> so this is what he said. He said, all right, you're not all going to get forward. We won't be able to pray for you all. If God's doing something in you, here's what I want you to do. Turn around and give it away to the person behind you. Let me be honest with you. I thought to myself, dang it. Because you know what? Sometimes, and you may be different than me, but sometimes I walk around with this feeling like I don't really have enough. I'm not equipped. I don't have what it takes to give out. And I honestly went forward. I thought, man, if God does this work in me, then, then I'll give it, right? And what did he say? He said, you know what? He's working in you now. Turn around and give it away. And I got just a little bit discouraged. But guess what? I sometimes can listen to God. (laughs) So I turned around. There's a guy named Brad behind me. I stuck my hand on his chest. I started to pray for him. And, um, you know, I, I told you I'd had that dream on Wednesday. I got up Wednesday morning and I was walking in the, in the sort of around the desert. It doesn't sound as glorious as it was. It was a little path through the suburbs. All right. But there's desert all around. And I'm and I'm walking and the Lord's speaking to me about the dream. And he's declaring things to me and he's empowering me. He's showing me his love. And so you know what I did? I put my I, my hand on Brad's chest and I started praying all the things that God said to me for him. My first thought was, I'm cheating. You know, it's like God told me and I'm just giving it away and it's not new. It's not fresh. You know what? At the end of the prayer time, he said, Randy, that was amazing. You told me everything I needed to hear from God. Well, guess what? He gives it to you so he can give it through you. It's not supposed to stay. Not for a minute is it supposed to just bubble and brew. It's supposed to go out. So um, I'm praying for him. Bodily fluids are flowing his goo and spit and everything's hanging out in our church. You know, the Holy Spirit's there because it's eh, everything's going on. You know? And God's really God's really touching him. God's really touching him. So I look over. There's a woman next to him and I'm not a big prophet. I sensed it might be his wife because the name was the last name was the same on the name tag. So I said, are you his wife? Yes, I'm his wife. I said, can I just pray for you as a couple? She said, sure. So, um, so I just began to pray for them as a couple. And as soon as I started praying, the woman's name was Meg. Um, I heard this word, you know, just my voice, but I knew it was God. And the Lord said, nurture. So I just real simply prayed. I said, Meg, I think God's given you a great capacity to nurture other women in your church. I'd never met her before. She broke down. She's crying, shaking, the Holy Spirit's working. Jane came up, we were praying for her. I didn't really know what was going on. She looked up, wide-eyed at the end of the prayer, and I thought, if you're mad, it wasn't me. (laughs) And she says, that's unbelievable. I said, what? She said, "Um, right before they had the call for ministry, I was sitting there, I closed my eyes, and I saw in my mind's eye one word written on a sign, and it was nurture. I'm like, guess what? I'm not Mr. Prophet, but God gives so we can give away. Seek and serve. Encounter and give away. In and out. It's the message of Jesus. It's, it's our privilege as a church. It's what we get to do every day. Encounter the love and power of God and give it away to the world. It's a daily encounter and it's a daily giveaway. If you just encounter and never give away, here's what happens. I'm just going to be honest with you. You will become a fat Christian. Spiritually fat. Spiritually fat. You'll just, you'll just pile up experience 
and you'll walk around with your experience. And you know what your experience without your ministry to others will do? It will actually take people away from you, not draw them to you. Because you build up a big resume, but you've never given out. And eventually you'll become introspective and insular. and, and, And God will sort of, I think God will pull away. He won't go away from you. But you know what? I think he'll pull away until you're desperate. Not just to get, but to give away. That's if all you do is encounter without giving away. If all you do is give away and you don't encounter, and guess what? There are some of us here like that. Praise God for the servants. Praise God for those who are always thinking about the other and always wanting to give. But here's what happens to the servants who don't encounter God. Eventually, they burn out. Eventually, they get bitter. Because, do you know this feeling? It's always about them. God, I never get. I never get. I never get. And eventually the Lord, in his grace, he'll sideline you. Because he wants to give living water. He wants to give the Holy Spirit from heaven, not just our good ideas and our muscles from earth. Does that make sense? That's why every day we encounter the love and power of God. We get soaked in it, and then we spray it everywhere we go. It's the mission of our church, encountering God's love and power and giving it away to the world. It's vertical, that's seeking, and it's horizontal, that's serving. In our church, it's pathways. You've seen the cross. That means it's vertical, our encountering God's love and power, that's worship and growth, giving ourselves to God, giving ourselves to growth day after day. And it's also horizontal. That's the giveaway. That's the serving And so uh, you see it in community. We give ourselves to one another. We submit to one one another out of reverence for Christ. We pray for one another. We empower one another. And then with one another, we give ourselves to the world. There are people waiting to be blessed by us, corporately and individually. They're waiting for many of us to say, God, I want your love and power. Give it to me. I'll receive it. I'll humble myself. I'll take it. I'll get rid of distractions and barriers, and then I'll give it away. I prayed for someone after the first service, and he was asking me, he said, just pray. I know God gives me a lot, but it's never perfectly clear. And so I'm afraid to give it away. And, you know, it's not nice. I had to pray for him and say, tough luck. It's called faith. Faith means I'm not really sure, but I believe this is God. I'm going to give it to you anyway. I promise you. If you step out in faith, having received love, power from God, you're declaring the gospel to someone, you're caring for the poor, you're crying with your neighbor, you're loving your spouse well, you're, you're caring for your children, you're giving to, the, to a mission agency, you're serving faithfully in your job when people are jerks, you faithfully receive and give out. God will honor it. It doesn't mean they'll turn like this, but God will honor it. Because God sees your heart. It's our mission. Seeking every day, serving every day. Encountering God's love and power and giving it away to the world. You know, it's not yours anyway. Remember Matthew 10, Jesus is sending out the disciples. And he says, you know, I'm sending you out. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. That's the work of the kingdom of God. And then he says this. Freely you've received, now freely give. It's right there again. Freely you've received. Jesus poured out his blessing on those disciples. Gave them authority, power, love, 
comfort, instruction. And he said, go. The same way that you got it, give it away. Because it's free, because it's not ours but God's, it's always in abundance. You know, you can never run out of God's love and power. Never have to run out. It's never on back order. You never need a rush delivery. It's never sold out. It's always available. In the midst of your serving, you can cry out for more love and power, and God will encounter you and give you more to give away. That's how it works. That's how the revolution of Jesus that started 2,000 years ago is still going on. That's why transformational communities of people loving God, encountering him every day, and giving his love and power away every day are growing in the world. Everywhere you see, we become like dealers. Now, I have... Okay, one more story. I told you about the dream, and I told you about, uh, you know, I was walking in the, in the morning, God was uh, speaking to me, and I was very tender. You know, my heart was tender towards God, and I was all caffeinated, and I'm like, oh, everything's great. You know the feeling? Like, whew, I can conquer the world. And I'm walking by, and there's this big washout and a bridge. And as I'm walking down, I see this guy under a bridge. Not homeless. He's not needy. He's taking pictures. He's looking up. Under the bridge, he's taking pictures. And I just walked by thinking, he's a little bit of a whack job, you know. And the Lord said, go talk to him. And, I mean, you guys know me. I've told stories. I'm not that good at this. I mean, I will tend to walk away and then confess it to you guys on Sunday. (laughs) But I was really moved, you know. So I listened to God. And I I okay, I turned around. I went down. I didn't know what was going to happen. I walked up to him. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm, he's turned out to be from Switzerland. He said, I'm taking pictures of the swallows under the bridge. I said, I, I assume there must be something amazing down here because you're taking pictures, you know. We chatted for a while about swallows and Phoenix and Switzerland and, you know. And, um, and basically, he started on his way and I started on my way. And I said, well, I don't want to interrupt you. I just figured you were seeing something amazing. And the guy, I mean, it's like, I wish I had it on film because it was a powerful moment. The guy turns to me. This Swiss accent, and he says, if you keep your eyes open, you'll always see something amazing. I thought, I believe that was the word of God for me. So I'm walking down the trail, and I'm thinking, you know, honestly, I'm thinking, that's a great sermon illustration. (laughs) I'm going to tell him that one, you know. That makes me look good, you know. So I'm walking down, and I come to the end of the trail. The end of the trail, there's a church. I got my coffee cup. I got to throw it away. So I walk up to the church put my coffee uh, cup 7.30 in the morning in the trash, and as I turn back, no, no one in this parking lot. I see a taxi cab drive in the back of the parking lot 7.30 in the morning. And I know there's no exit because I've just come from there. It's just a trail. This taxi goes all the way to the back, and I'm walking at this point now behind the taxi. I'm beginning to get a little nervous. So I walk behind the taxi. No joke. I'm 150 yards away. Taxi cab driver gets out, opens his trunk, opens it up. Pulls out a big bag of something. You see where this is headed? A guy who I didn't see comes out of a little shack in the corner of the parking lot. He walks out. He takes out, drum roll please, a wad of cash. Gets the bag of stuff, gives the wad of cash, speaks in another language. And I, walk, I literally walked by when it was going down. I'm like this. I don't know what else to do. I didn't have a word of knowledge for the drug dealers, you know. I, I called the church later and they said, that is very odd. That doesn't normally happen. I'm pretty sure I saw a drug deal go down, all right? Here's the point. 
if you keep your eyes open, <laughs> you will see something amazing. All right? I pray for you it's not a drug deal. But God solidified it in me. You know what, Randy? I'm giving you eyes to see. If you'll encounter my love and my power every day, if you'll do it, you know what? I'll give you what you need. You'll go through. I mean, honestly, when I walked past that, I'm praying in tongues like, oh, God, please, oh, please, oh, please. Because <laughs> I don't know what was going to happen, you know. If you keep your eyes open, you'll see something amazing. If you'll open your eyes to the love and power of God every day and you're willing to look horizontally and say, God, who needs it? Who out there needs it? You'll see amazing things. Not just me, you, where you are where God's called you and gifted you and planted you and empowered you. It's a daily encounter and it's a daily giveaway. I have not prepared a conclusion for this message. So that's it. Why don't you stand up? (laughs) If the ministry team or the communion servers can come forward, we'll get ready for communion. I just want to say one more word while we're getting ready for communion. This is the time when we as believers, as Christians, as Jesus followers, we celebrate The fact that the love and the power of God in the person of Christ was given to us. His body broken. His Holy Spirit poured out for us. We celebrate that every week when we take communion. But if you're here this morning and you've never encountered the love and the power of God, then this is an invitation for you this morning. Here's what Jesus says to you this morning. If you don't know him yet, come to me. If you're weak and you're heavy laden and I'll give you rest. If you've never accepted the death of Jesus on the cross as the payment for your sin. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin. To lead your life and to fill you with the Holy Spirit. His love and his power. Then today is the day for you. It's an invitation. You don't have to have it all figured out. God's got it all figured out. If you'll turn to him, he'll come to you. He'll save you. He'll empower you. He'll change you. So uh, as uh, those who know Christ are coming forward to take communion, if you're in that place this morning and you just say, God, I need your love and power for the first time, I want Jesus to come into my life, then I'd ask you to come forward and just come on the front row and one of the pastors or I will pray for you. Just pray for you. So uh, if you've given your life to following Christ, you can just come forward down the diagonal aisles, take a piece of the bread representing the body of Christ broken for you willingly dip it into the wine or the juice representing his blood that covers your sin past present and future there's wine on the outside stations and there's juice on the inside so when you're ready please come forward of christ compels us because we know this that one died for all therefore all died and his desire is that each who has been died for would live no longer for themselves but for him For Jesus, who died and rose again on our behalf, he goes on to say, all this is from God, who's reconciled us to himself through Christ. And what? He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. See, that's receiving the love of Christ. The love is love and his power, and it compels us to go to the world with it. We can't hold it in. The ministry team can come forward. We'll we'll close. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would release upon us your grace, your favor, that we might daily encounter your love and your power when we gather and when we're alone. 
And Lord, don't let us stop just gathering encounters. But Lord, compel us by your love, we pray, to take your love and your power and to give it away to the world, one person at a time, until every person in this city knows the love and the power of God shown in Christ, exemplified by his Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that you give us strength to work tirelessly until that's the case. For the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you would like a prayer this morning for anything related to the message, physical healing, we would love to pray for you. The prayer team's here, and we'd love to pray. If those uh, who dedicated children and would like more prayer, if you could also come up, just the families with their children, and we'd like to gather. I just went away. I guess it's time to go. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Have a great day.